Due to the ignorance of our host, parental discretion is advised. Okay. One of these times we're going to catch up to the UFCs, right? That's right. Well, that's right, dude. What are the 291? The last one? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the other side of the Beehive. It's your weekly boys coming straight at you from the Beehive State in the Beehive Studios. It's your favorite bees. I'm throwing it all out there, dude. Running out of ideas. Uh, yeah, I don't have any jokes for yeah, you. Yeah, see, I'm there sorry. you go. But at least we have a guest with us. We haven't had a guest in a minute. That's no beeswax. Yeah, they're there. There's <laughs> you gotta joke. give me a second. <laughs> There's you your joke. You got one? No. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much. Yeah. No. <laughs> Zach's back with us, man. You've been, uh... Can we say? You, can we say? Yeah. Probably one of the busiest men that we fucking know, right? Yeah. First and foremost, before we really, really get into it, um... Number one insurance agent in the Beehive State. <laughs> my guy. Right here. I'm telling you what. This is my and, guy, then. And, and I know I ran into you at the fights, and we have to have a conversation. Yeah. I, I got a quick story, but uh, after we get done introducing yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, matchmaker, Fierce Fighting Championship. And oh, I thought you meant for love. I was like, oh, can you work with me? Uh, it's not hit. Okay. I don't think. <laughs> and we ready? Yeah. Fighter. Nice. The Crown Fighting Championships, right? Yeah, finally back. Be almost two years. Two well, years you fought. Did you know you were going to come back? Oh, yeah. Deep down, you knew? Oh, yeah. Like a little bit of a hiatus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I, I, I've been in the gym the whole time. One thing that's really weird for me, um, as a matchmaker, you know, I run Fierce uh, Fighting Championship now. Then as a matchmaker, and I'll call somebody and be like, hey, does this person want to fight? And they're like, oh, man, we haven't seen him in like months. He hasn't been training. And I'm like, and it, it, it kind of blows me away, right? Right. I'm going to be real honest about some of the things with this job and the yeah. insights yeah. of running a promotion. But one of the things is from a fighter, it blows me away. I'm at my gym six days a week. I haven't had a fight. I haven't had a fight scheduled or anything really. Uh, I was supposed to have one uh, last March, you know, that unfortunately my opponent got COVID. And so, it, you know. That's we, still a thing? We lost. We lost. <laughs> last March it was. Last oh. March. Like, not oh, this yeah. March. He's all, I haven't been in the gym. He's like, oh, that COVID's rampant <laughs> yeah, right now. Right? <laughs> and I'm not saying that. I'm no. not saying that. <laughs> oh, you're going to get canceled quick. Uh, but, uh, no. And uh, so, but, man, I'm in the gym six days a week pretty much. Like, I don't really miss. Like, it's part of, for me, it's like kind of the journey of a martial artist. Like, always evolving, always getting better. I don't understand these fighters that are like, yeah, I'm a fighter. But I don't train when I don't have a fight. Like, have you? You've always been that way, or now that you're the man, I've always been that. You just always been that. I way. mean, I I joke around with my coach, and I mean, it, it might not be a joke because I I think there's some truth to it. Like, besides the owner of the gym, like I'm at the gym more than anybody else oh. at our gym at One Hit MMA, probably. Uh, there might be a couple of guys that can say, "Hey, I'm at least there as much as you," but. Not, not many. Like I, I'm there six days a week. I train six days a week. Uh, I train. I, I have some clients that I do one-on-one -on -one private lessons with. Um, just not really fighters as much, but just like guy in my neighborhood that just wanted to do a different type of workout than just lifting. Right. And so he comes in boxes with me every week or whatever. But man, I mean, I'm 
I'm there, you know, and I'm training and I'm, I'm getting better and evolving and I don't really take time off or breaks for anything. Right. Have they, have they announced your, your opponent yet? I don't know if they have, but I mean, you know I, who it is. Yeah. Though. Yeah. His name's okay. Patrick branch from Las Vegas. Okay. Okay. He's coming off an even longer layoff. He, he has, I think this is right. I think his last fight was before I started. It's like Holy 2016 shit. was his last <laughs> fight. I think. God damn. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, and uh, really funky, uh, really funky uh, body type, 6'5 at 170 pounds. Holy shit. So, uh, I think it's interesting and it's exciting and it's fun. He's four and four, so he used to be really active. He's fought some really, really tough dudes. Um, he's fought for titles and other promotions. So have I. So it's like, like, I think it'll be a banger and fun will be had by all. Is it 170? Yeah. Finally, 170. Huh? Yeah. Got a couple of LBs to lose, but yeah. <laughs> I saw you weighed at two when I when you did your video. You were yeah. at two. You're good then. But I'm I'm 204. Like I'm, I'm like 204 right now. Like kind of you know I've had a lot of people since my video. I was gonna make another one because I've had a lot of people reach out and they're like, "How do you lose that much weight?" It's one. It's it's consistency for a long period of time, right? right? Like I've I've had a pretty good idea. I was fighting on this card for a while now, so. You know, about the last six, seven weeks, start like tightening up the diet. Still cheating right. here or there, but like tightening up the diet and things like that. And then like once I sign, it's like drinking. Came a, on, huh? It's drinking a gallon of water every day. Like we're not really having treats. We're not no processed sugars. Uh, you know, making sure you're in a calorie deficit every day, but still fueling your body, not starving yourself, but right. eating super clean. You know, like my my treats are rains and Coke Zero and but sugar free stuff. You know, yeah. Um, and, but I mean, everybody's like, how do you do that? I've had a couple people reach out and it's just yeah. like consistency. The people that like, hey, I'm just going to do my thing and then I'm just going to lose these last 30 pounds in the last two weeks of fight camp. It's like, yeah. now your body's going to freak out and it's yeah. going to shut down on you. Mm -hmm. So my whole thing was <clears throat> I need to be under 205 by August 1st. I hit that. So now I need to be under 195 by um, September 1st, which is just two and a half pounds a week. So it's not, I mean, that's nothing crazy. Right. Um, you could healthily lose that. And then I'll, I'll just kind of keep on that for another, th another, uh, three weeks. I'll go into fight week. You know, if I'm 195, lose another two and a half pounds a week, I'll probably be, you know, 187, 188 going into fight week, getting a massive calorie deficit. Cause I'm not training and I'm just starting to relax my body and st getting really fresh. And uh, just kind of getting a light workout, but low impact. And then I'll just cut it. And then, you know, at that point, too, I'm drinking two, two and a half gallons of water a day. Right, just water loading just like a mother. Water loading out. and then Epsom salt bath until I'm 170. Did you, when you decided that you were ready to do it, did you reach out to them or did they re reach out yeah, to you? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, just, 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 just the wings, the way things have played out, uh, you know, steel fist isn't really an option for me. Yeah. Um, I can't fight for my own promotion. Yeah. I obviously. So, right. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's for good reason. There's a, there's a rule in the state of Utah. You can only carry one license per event. So, um, Cody Bunderson's the owner of fierce right. and he, Stud, by the way. yeah, absolutely. And he owns and he has the promoter's license. Um, and then uh, I'm his chief operating officer, so if he can't make it to a show, uh, I can act as the promoter under him. But my license is the, as the matchmaker, and so that's a that's a license. And then the other license is you know a coach, 
a, cor- or a corner and then and then as a fighter. So if I'm the matchmaker carrying that matchmaker license on a card, I can't be a fighter on the card or I can't corner on the card. Makes sense though, um, right? Yeah, it's conflict of interest. I yeah. mean, there there's a professional fighter that that ran his own show and and fought for his own title and and beat a dude that he'd already beaten before and put his own belt on himself. Like, <laughs> I don't know how long ago that was, but so it's like. That was he was here, huh? Yeah, you know that. I know, <laughs> you know, I know, right? I know. So uh, yeah. we won't even say yeah, that name. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, it's cool. Like I'm not trying to like dog. <laughs> no, it, no, absolutely. But, I mean that. that the times have but, changed. But though. they made that rule because it's like, yeah, it's a conflict of interest, man. Yeah. Like the integrity of the sport and everything like that. Like it's just a bad look. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure the reason behind it. Maybe, maybe it was maybe the guy lost his opponent and he's like, well, freak, I don't want the card to cancel. I'll step in and I'll just right. fight him. Like I, I don't know the circumstances, but um, I think it's a good rule. So. We've toyed with the idea of me stepping down as matchmaker. I mean, I'd still obviously be the chief operating officer and I'd be running a lot of the other fear stuff, but stepping down from my role as a matchmaker and the license for a card and stepping away um, from my responsibilities, the behind the scenes stuff, right. and actually fighting on a fierce card. But um, uh, Aaron Ace down in Fusion uh, in St. George, anybody's down in St. George, they have a great gym, but. They brought Crown Fighting Championship back. I mean, St. George, September 30th is beautiful down there that time of year and just sounds like a good time to go. It does sound go like a good fight. time that time of the year, especially yeah, not you know? too hot, not too yeah. hot, just about, just about right. Yeah, so I, I've known for a while, and I, I've mentioned to him for a few times, like, hey, I, I'm going to I'm gonna get on one of these shows. I just have to find the timing, too. We're running Fierce Cards yeah. about every month. Absolutely. So it's like I had to find a timing-wise where I, I could put in a camp, not pull away from fierce and and uh do my thing yeah because there's uh what august 26th august 26th at the maverick center the maverick we, center we a huge show do that main event i've i've ne- when we dropped the promo in the main in the poster for that card i've never gotten so many text messages like really holy sh- are you kidding me yeah uh jerome hatch is our 205 yep. champ coming down to middleweight he hasn't fought in middleweight and i think i think they said like 11 years or something <sighs> You know, he's dropping down to 185, and uh, and he's fighting Mike Jones, who, you know, he doesn't have the sexiest record in the world, but he's fought a lot of tough dudes, and he's taken some short-notice fights and picked up some L's that he probably shouldn't have, and but he's on a two-fight win streak now, and, and I mean, it's a... It's it's probably as big of a main event I mean, as the state the, of Utah's he's had. Been in, a in the long scene time. for Utah for a while too. Yeah, I mean he's a definitely uh, a respected individual when it comes oh, to the and MMA he's a scene. Stun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's a banger of a card. Um, the twenty six Maverick Center. Um, in fact, I was just on. Tickets are still available. I'm yeah. going now. So good. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. Sick. What's what's easier for you, or what what would you rather do? Would you rather do the matchmaker for good, or what, rather be a fighter for good? Like if you have to, choose if you can fight forever. Uh, I, I I mean, I got into the promotional and business side of things because I'm not going to be able to mm. match make forever or I'm not going to be able to fight forever. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a competitor first and foremost. Like I'm, I'm, I'm as competitive as they come and I, uh, I love to compete. Um, I want, and I, I want to fight like that's, I, I, it's, and this isn't even like a, this wasn't even like a. Just ignore the drums. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, promise yeah. you. Just the ignore you. Jumanji yeah. out there. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> it's like, well, I getting ready out. for your walkout. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I want to fight, and this isn't like, a, hey, I'm back for one fight and then whatever. Like, I, I'd like to, I'd like to get semi-active again. That's what I was gonna ask you. And uh, and um, if I'm as good as I think I I am, 
uh, I have an idea of the way this fight's gonna go, and then uh, I, I have a, I have a little hit list that I'll be beautiful sharing with people <laughs> on the mic down in St. George, asking uh, if some people wanna wanna scrap. I always wonder, you know. Obviously, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. It's okay. Deep down, <laughs> I'm, but I, I would. Uh, if you didn't know me on the streets, I would tell you I'm a fighter, right? But, but that's me. <laughs> but I've always wondered um, once you get that itch, if it ever goes away. And I, I had a great conversation with one of our good friends of the podcast. We won't talk about it till he's here next week, and he says. He said it again to me. He's like, one more round. I'm like, you motherfucker. One more round. I'm like, does it ever go away? He's like, no. And I don't know if it ever will. I don't think it will. Um, really, the hope is, I mean, it's a conversation me and my wife, Hillary, have had. She's like, okay, so when's it going to be done? Because I always kept, because so like, I got into this late. She didn't sign up for this, right? No, I tell people all the not. time. I tell people all the time, you know, like, hey. And were you married before? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I tell people all the time, like, I have friends that, you know, they're fighters, and then they get into relationships, or then they get married, and then the wife's like, okay, I'm not cool with this anymore. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, I was a fighter before we even met. Right, like, yeah. You knew what you were signing up for. Like, right. this isn't changing now that we're married. Or, but I mean, they can handle it how they want. It just doesn't seem very fair to me. Right. Uh, and I feel like it's something that's probably going to create some resentment and some issues in a marriage. Right. I try to be really sensitive to the fact that uh, my wife has been extremely supportive and stuff, but sometimes it's like, hey, I'm getting that itch to fight, and she's, it's not, it's not time. I feel like I have to, because she's been so supportive and so incredible, like, she does kind of get final say of when I fight, because she didn't sign up for this. Right. I was a has-been football player, broken down, you know, like, <laughs> I put, I put that chapter in my life behind me, and then I just got into fighting again, and then it was like, yeah, we'll do one, and then I mean, she knows me, and she knows, and she, it, was, it was like, uh, yeah, sure, you'll just do one, and then it was like, you get offered the second fight, and she's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, this is the ride, hop on. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, and then it was always like, well, you know, like, my body's been through a lot, like, I have surgeries that need to get done that I'm like, I'm not going to really do till after I'm done fighting, so I'm like, I mean, your face looks and good. I'm like, I mean, yeah, I try not to get hit, you know, <laughs> work on that. But like my neck and my shoulder, and I've had two surgeries on my knee. Though. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have multiple chipped teeth, you know, and she's like, go get it fixed. I'm like, why? Like, I'm not I'm done. done. I'm not done. I'm not going to go get it fixed. But uh, so we're going to, we're, you know, and so it was always my feeling was 36. Sounds like a good age, like usually about 37. Yeah. Um, you just start seeing a decline, yeah. especially in the smaller weight classes like 170 and lower. Yeah. Those heavyweights can they can last 40, longer. 40, 42, absolutely. Those heavyweights can last longer <laughs> because well, it's not predicated on like their, their speed and agility necessarily. It's yeah. power it's game. Power, yep. And the fight IQ goes up, and that old man strength is a real thing. Yeah. Like some people, some heavyweights have very good careers and don't go into their prime till their mid to late 30s, you know? Right. And, I mean, you look at some heavyweights like Randy Couture and like Mark Hunt and and all these guys that have a lot of success into their yeah. 40s even. Um, 170s, 155, 170, those, those are some killer weight classes. And it's like, so I, I look at it and I'm like, 36. Well, I turned 35 this fall and I'm like, I don't really see being done in the next 15 months. You know, so. All right. <clears throat> I mean, they say the prime is, you know, your your mid-30s, you know. Once you get a little bit more, they kind of say it. But it, it's, it's with everybody, right? It just depends. I think a lot of it's fight IQ. Yeah. I think a lot of it's how you take care of your body. Um, 
But is it true what they say that, like you said, old man strength, that that's the one thing you don't lose is the power. The quickness, a little bit out there, but power, that's just one thing. That's the last to go. I mean, I feel like that's just science, right? Like right. your muscles age and they harden. And when they harden and you, I mean, it's, and it, it's reps of muscle memory. I mean, right. you know, you take somebody, uh, you, you take somebody that's been doing this for, you know, 10, 15 years even if they lost the speed, if they have that muscle memory and, and they've done those reps on it, those muscles are, you know, I mean, that's, it's going to hurt. Right. You know, when they, when they land, they can, hit, especially a heavyweight. I mean, uh, Mike Jones, Jerome Hatch, right? 185. They're both, you know, Jerome's known for having a massive right hand yeah. that he can put people to sleep with. And Mike has a really interesting perspective. He goes, at 185 pounds, and they're both going to be well over 200 pounds when they step in that cage yeah. from what they cut, he's like, we all generate enough power to knock out another grown man that size. Right, right. You know, so especially at heavyweight. So, like, I think old man strength and plus those bigger weight classes too, like, you're just, you have so much weight behind those punches that, yeah, like that, it's the last to go. Wow. Your uh, your opponent obviously hasn't fought in a while. How old, how old is he? I don't know. I have no idea, huh? Don't care. <laughs> Do you know what his fight style? Is he I mean, a brawler? Yeah, so he's, he's a kickboxer, is right? He? Like, he... He he doesn't want to wrestle. He doesn't want to grapple. Like he he wants to fight in that that range. I think he wants to be pretty. I watched I watched two of his fights all the way through. I watched one of the fights he won and one of the fights that he lost. Uh, I talked to his last opponent, who's actually fought for Fierce, uh, Ryder Newman, who was on uh, season of the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, you know, uh, not too long ago, and uh, main eventing a tough enough card here in September. Ryder's a stud. Reached out to him, and he kind of that was his last fight when. I think it was Ryder's last or second to last amateur fight before he went pro. So uh, I kind of got a little scouting report on him. And, um, you know, I, I think he wants to make it like a really pretty kickboxing match. Right. One thing that's really interesting, though, is the same thing. Um, who knows what he's been working on? Right. I don't know if he's been right. in the gym or not. I don't know if he – maybe he's been in the gym like me six days a week and he's just getting yeah, better. Yeah, that's what and, I was going to say. And, 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 doing, and maybe – all those limbs for he's seven years. <laughs> maybe he's, maybe he's learned a ton of jujitsu and he's right. like the the reincarnation of Tony Ferguson and can hit darts chokes from right wherever with those long lanky arms or or whatever. I don't I don't really care. How ironic you said that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, you I, I know you you mentioned Amo, uh, so you're gonna but, win, right? But I'm just saying, Tony. Uh, yeah, I hope he is. Uh, no, but uh, you know he's. He, he could be all those things, and I, I watched his style. I kind of I have my reads, but, like, in a fight, like, it's just so fluid, and there's so much that can happen. I don't really like to go in there with the, this is the way the fight's going to go. Right. I'm going to come, and I'm going to throw this combination, and I'm going to whatever. Like, I know where I want to take the fight, but at the same time, like, you just have to be ready for everything. But, like, remind me, remind me if I'm wrong. Remind me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, like, last time you were here, this is the first time, you were you actually mentioned that you're more of a, of a stand-up guy, right? You're more of a throw guy than, than, than roll. I'd like to, yeah. yeah. I mean. So it's going to be a dog fight if he it comes might out with be. that. I mean, it, if we want to, but, I mean, fight IQ-wise. Um, Getting close. Probably shouldn't stand and kickbox with a dude that's probably going to have a solid four or five inch reach on you. Sure, (laughs) for sure. I fight long. Like I'm not. I'm not too worried about it. I have a buddy. What what are you? Six foot. Six foot. I have. I have a buddy at my gym that's very similar body type. He fight. His last fight was like at 180 pounds. He's six four. 
So mm. very similar body types. Mm. So I'm like, hey, buddy, sorry, but we're, we're going to have a fun camp together. Like, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just getting used to that range and stuff. And, I mean, I, I can get on and I'm t- and touching plenty. Like, it's, I'm not afraid to. But the other thing is, like, the, the Zach, if he went and watched, I'm assuming he did what I did. At least and went and watched my last couple uh, of fights. Yeah. And if he thinks I'm, I'm not going to make that set the same mistake that that I think he is probably. I think he thinks if he goes and watches those fights and he thinks who he knows who he's fighting, he's in a, he's going to be in a world of trouble because the version of me now would probably stop me two years ago in the first round. No. I'm that much better. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, I hope I hope that's what he thinks. But and my and my style is different. I I never had a wrestling class until yeah. like two years ago. I wrestle like. Two or three times a week now. So it was all football through high school, right? <clears throat> all football, just learning to just. I mean, what did you? What what position did you play? I played safety and wide receiver. Okay. Well, I was gonna say so. It was just about knocking guys over, but no, I wasn't doing I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, I was a lineman in little league, but yeah, I mean it. Man, it yeah. So um, I would like to stand, but like my wrestling's gotten pretty good. Yeah. Like I, we had a kid from Penn State come up. Which, I saw that. Which, by the way, Penn pictures. State is top of the future. <clears throat> There's, uh, I mean, when, when they talk about collegiate wrestling, like that's like the that's standard. the standard, right? Yeah, for the last decade, right? They're yeah. they're top of the food chain, and you know, Bo Nichols. Is that I was gonna say Bo Nichols from there? Yeah, right? and so this uh, this kid, um, Tyrell, he was a four time state champion at Layton High with Cole Faust, who's my best friend and teammate, one of my best friends and teammate. And Cole, uh, Cole invited him to practice, and he came. Dude, that dude ragged all. He was a four-time state champ at Layton High. Goes to Penn State. He's wrestling at Penn State, and he's home home for a minute right now. Jeez. And he just ragged on <clears throat> me. But I will say this: like, I mean, I've been wrestling with Cole, who's a state champion in his own right, and he's been teaching an MMA wrestling class. And uh, you know, like, I, I I can I can confidently say like I I can wrestle now. Like, if somebody uh, my Justin McDonald fight. Yeah. We went five rounds and I lost because he just out wrestled me to death. Like we run that back as pros. He's about to make his pro debut. If that, that that's one of the ones that I'd, I'd like back as pros. Right. It counts. Uh, that, that fight's going to go very different because he is not going to just wrestle me for five, for five or as pros three rounds. Like it's not happening. If that, if that name sounds familiar, I did the stand-in on uh, the podcast when we oh yeah that's right Justin that's right yeah with Jason so. yeah that's right. Are you working with Jason still? Yeah, I mean we're yeah we're cool. Yeah. We just don't like just busy man. His thing. I'm doing my thing, and we're just busy. Yeah. You know, every now and then he shows a car, and I'm like, ooh, that car looks bad. Yeah, <laughs> dude, like, yeah, come talk cool to cars. me. Like, yeah, but uh, yeah, he's he's doing his thing at the car dealership. I'm I'm doing my thing, and uh, you know we yeah I mean we still talk probably you know. Multiple times a week and doing great in the commentary area. Yeah, he he's he's really it, it's really interesting. You know, I give a lot of credit to Blake Arulian, who's yeah. like our head guy, yeah. and Blake's such a freaking professional that it, Jason's like, if he's putting in this much work to it, we just talked about this a couple weeks ago. Jason's like, how serious he takes this and puts the least that I can do is come a little bit prepared and, and take right. it serious too, and it's just made the whole broadcast experience just so much better. Um, Jason's getting very good at it. Very, very good. I'm, I'm very impressed. Shoehead. 
Or shoehead He's brother. a shoehead, huh? Yeah. yeah he's shoe a shoehead. Every once in a while. So is like, homeboy. Look at him. He's got this. Dude, I worked at Foot Locker for two years. <laughs> oh, there you go. I had, I, had, I had more shoes than my wife did when we got married. <laughs> I had a whole spare bedroom full of J's. You know, speaking of the fights, homeboy here. Yeah. You went to I'd the fight. I'd say at 42 years old, that's my first UFC event. I didn't get to go to the last one that made it. <laughs> this one was worth it. Oh, <laughs> dude. Uh, I mean, that's I so mean, funny because that's what he said. Um, so I've I've been to a Bellator. I've been to a Pride event. Yeah. I've been to a UFC. I haven't been to a one yet. And I'd love to make it, you know. Dude, to a, and, but the so the experience first first off, um, I paid paid. Oh, you I paid, oh, Daddy paid. for tickets. And I sat down. I was like. Oh my God! Okay, well, this is what you get. Yeah, and, you yeah. pay. and I was like, "Oh, we're set." The kid sits next to me. He's all, "Hello, little Mexican fellow." I'm like, "Hey, let me just ask you, just for shits and grins." I'm like, "What did you pay for these seats?" Yeah, He's yeah. all, "I buy them on the presale," and he sounded just like that. Hey, take it easy. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> he says, "I bought them on the presale." Perfect. He's all, "I bought them on the presale, four hundred dollars," and I went, "Well, fuck." Yeah, I didn't buy him on the pre-sale. <laughs> yeah. so like, what did you pay? I says, well, you triple that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's what I ended up paying. So, so um, I'm going to give a little sneak preview on okay. this. I learned my lesson. So the I learned this last year. So everybody is terrified because the event's going to sell out, right? Everybody is terrified that they're going to miss out on going. So they buy tickets right when they go, when they're at their peak. If you... I, I have buddies that came. They got their tickets two hours before the event started in the lower bowl and paid less than half of what I did. See, and I, <clears throat> I kind of so knew that. your goal is just to be in the lower bowl, the, the only thing is if you the, the most you can buy is eight tickets, right? right? So if you're trying to buy eight tickets to go with a group, you're probably going to have to pay the price for that right. to all sit together. <clears throat> but if you're just looking for like two tickets or four tickets or oh, just a one-off because you just want to be there, you could wait till whatever. Because the UFC has a nice little streak of sellouts going on paper. Absolutely, cards, yeah. And they want to keep it going. And if it's not selling out, they will drop those prices. I've seen, I thought that and I thought, but what if, what if I don't get it? Yeah. You'll and get I, it in the building. <clears throat> and I, I was like, well, I'm going to go no matter what. That's, so I that's, just, I bit the dog. That's not enough, I, Zach. <clears throat> getting in the building is not enough. I bit the dog oh, and dude, I took dude, it. I was on the 15th row. We're like, we paid for it, you know? Like, it is what it is. I took my kid and... Like, I was going to say, how was it taking your son? Well, that that for me, that was it, right? Like, I, I could have been fine in the nosebleeds. Like, right. I... But, you know, we got rid of our jazz season tickets a couple years ago. We just don't do that as much stuff anymore. And so, for me, it's like, he still talks about seeing, watching Leon Edwards head kick Usman to all of his buddies. He was there. He's going to remember that for the rest of his life. And I'm just like, a fight like Gaethje Poirier, you're never, we, like, we might not. People don't understand, like, when I said, like, like at least if this was the first one, you made it count. Utah, and for, from what I understand, they're coming every year for That's in, what they said, right? Like, I believe Ryan Smith said that he signed a lifetime deal with the UFC. So they're coming to the Delta Center oh, yeah. every year indefinitely. Indefinitely, excuse me. Do you think it helps because of the culture UFC, that Utah has? And I'm not saying, um, like, MMA culture, because that has a lot to do with it, but this isn't, this isn't California. 
Yeah. And the way politically and the way things are right. And the, after that thing we talked about earlier, the sickness or whatever they mm-hmm. call it, right? You saw a trend of Vegas, Texas, Florida. And they come to Utah. And nine months later, they come to Utah because it's... Uh, Idaho is <clears> going <throat> up right yeah. now. Montana. It's just uh and 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 I'm 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 so proud that as a state we are like okay we've embraced it now cuz now you know like you're going to get a sellout amount. We're going to get a, a card like 29991 was. So it's not even just the sellout, right? It's that so you've never been to another UFC event. No. When I went to T-Mobile Arena to my first UFC event, um, Chris Cyborg was the headliner. The co-main event was Frankie Edgar, Brian Ortega. Sick card, super fun. I get there for the very first fight. I'm not kidding you. You were there for the early prelims. There's a thousand people in there. Oh. That place was ghost town. I mean, it was like an empty Maverick Center. Mm. That's you one know? thing. That's one thing he's saying. He's like, I'm going. I'm gonna Go. open the door. I was there as oh. soon as the door opened. I was there. I was there. Every everyone that much, and, you, and be, I, you better and, leave it. And I told my wife that because I've I've watched I watch every UFC event, and yeah. when I watch the early prelims, like a lot of people there. I was so surprised with how many people were there. So that's why they came back the, this year, is because last year that place was like, and Dana said. This place was like 60, 70% full for the early prelims. The early goes, prelims huh? Nobody, nowhere else is like that. Oh. No, nowhere else in the United States is like that. When they go to Brazil and stuff, but the arenas are way smaller. Right. right? right. But, um, but when they go to these other places, like around the country, like that's kind of the thing is like, oh, the main card starts at eight. We don't really care about the prelims. When the Utah crowd shows up and at the early prelims, wouldn't you say that place is probably 80, 90 percent? Oh, full absolutely. For the absolutely. early prelims, yeah. the UFC the UFC goes, they love us that much. We're gonna keep coming back and we're gonna put on a freaking awesome card. I mean, <clears throat> they were talking about about putting if they could have got the deal done, John Jones, Stipe Miocic was gonna come to Salt Lake City mm. if they could have gotten that deal done. So, uh, earlier now those guys are fighting later this year and that's right. great but um you know and but and i mean they literally wanted to give us a pay-per-view a banging card that before we lost paula costa off the card yeah. before we lost wonder boy off the yeah. card there was literally seven fights on the card that could all be main events for fight night absolutely yeah absolutely and we had i mean we this card was stacked uh bonfim is to me, the scariest welterweight prospect in the UFC. People talk about Ian Gary. He's very good. Bonfim's the truth. That right. dude is going to be tit- contending for titles in the near future. Um, and they brought a card like that here. It's because we show up. We show up for the whole thing. We go nuts. We support. The tickets were absurdly priced. We didn't <coughs> care. We just <laughs> paid it and we came. You know, I mean, you check all the boxes. And, and as, as a promoter, I, I understand that too. Man, it's like... If we could get that type of support at the Maverick Center for Fierce Cards, where people wanted to come, let's say an extra 500 people came. You know, our crowds are like 1,500, 2,000 people, about 2,000 people in the arena, right? Right. Between the sponsors and the tickets purchased and and everything like that. Um, You know, if we got another like 500 to 1,000 people in there, uh, the current setup, you've been there with the current setup with yeah. the curtain drop. Yep. It fits about 4,500 people. Right. If we could get close to that, 
you know the type of talent that we could bring in oh, to put on? Like, we we could we could bring in we could bring in more fighters that aren't from here even to just highlight some of the best talent in the country. Right. Here at our home state. Right. And so like when a crowd comes and supports a promotion like that, the promotion in turn now goes, cool, we want to reward if they're gonna be fantastic fans. Jesus Christ. What <laughs> once every <clears throat> two or three months? Yeah. <laughs> but if you when the crowd comes and supports, then the promotion goes, Great. Right. You're gonna come support us like this. We're we're gonna come back, bring back banger card after banger card yeah. for you. And, you know, I I love that the UFC does that. And they, they do. They they do that for the crowds and the, the, the places that show up for them. Shout out to <clears throat> Ryan Smith yeah. for really embracing what, um, I mean, obviously what he's done with the Jazz. Um, <clears throat> not to say that because without the Millers, I mean, we, we, we wouldn't have what we have now, no. right? But the fact that we're kind of out of the, and I'm going to say this lightly, the old ownership age to a young kid that fucking loves sports, that loves MMA. That he's Mark Cuban. It, uh, it's yeah. perfect. It's a perfect example right he is. there. He's, yep. he's what Mark Cuban was when he came into the league, whatever, 25 years ago. And I love the fact that a lot of people probably didn't see this. Dana's on vacation. <clears throat> he's in Italy. So at the presser, he sat down. He talked for 25, 30 minutes. And just sit and listen to him talk to the, you know, the press about Utah and the way this is. I was like... We got one. We got one. Dude. And by the way, too, if you know, for, you watch all the UFC events. Yeah. I watch all the UFC events. And I watch all the press conferences. It's my favorite on. thing the next thing in the morning. You, you know, as you yep. get you, I usually stay up that night and watch Do the you? press conference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my wife's like, I'm usually I'm so drunk. I'm, I, I'm at home, I'm drunk. I'm like, I'll get it in the morning. Yeah. As soon as I wake up at seven, I watch the press conference. Uh, you watch the press conference. Or, but post fight interviews, yeah. social media, the fighters that fought here. Post fight, post fight interviews uh, in the press conference. Nobody gets love from fighters the way that Salt Lake did with the fighters that were here. Yeah, like all the fighters were like, "This was incredible. It's beautiful. Love it here. The fans were great. Everybody, the city's clean. It's beautiful. Like it is. Like we it live is. in. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've place. known this, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's like it's like best kept secret. It's like right? no, stay in California, yeah. dude. You guys don't don't come. You're gonna come. It's like I'll never forget. Uh, you guys watch when the Undertaker was on Joe Rogan podcast. Yes. Yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah, and and Joe Rogan and Undertaker was like, you know, Mark Calloway is like, no, for real. You guys like all you Californians like quit coming to Texas. You're gonna make us like California. <laughs> like they're trying to turn us in when you just left. Like don't no. But no, I mean. It's special here, you know. Yeah. I'm glad that it, finally we're 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 starting to get the clout that I feel like we deserve for so long. Because you, if you remember back in the day, we were supposed to get John Jones way back in the we day. We did way 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 back. In Twelve the day. years ago. So uh, as a fight night, right? Yeah. As a fight night. Yeah. But it was we got a fight night, and it was at the Maverick Center, right? No, I think it was at Vivint. I swear to God, it was a Maverick, but I, I could be wrong. Um, but it was like after that, oh, no, we he's, just, he's we just, being our producer. <laughs> we, I'll, I'll figure it out we just you. didn't, 
I mean, for we had a dry spell forever, yeah, for years and years and years, and it and finally when we're like, oh, we got one, and how big the last UFC event. I have, I didn't get to go, so I couldn't tell you the energy of it, but there was just something different. Well, but let me let me ask you this. Let me ask both of you since you. I pull it up. Oh, I'm pulling it up. Sorry. Since you're in the in the in the promoting uh, business, yeah. What what made the UFC vivid? It wasn't vivid. <clears throat> what what made US, USC, uh, the UFC say, "Oh, let's check out there," because right. to me, obviously, I'm not in in that world, you know, as as much as you guys are. But to me, it came right after COVID. All All Star. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, know, but it was but, before All Star. We had, last year was before All Star. Was before then it was All Star, and then the new, the okay. So one, so yeah. so for the UFC to say. Let's go see what's in there. What, what do you think made it, though? So there's a, there's a lot of factors. Um, one, Utah's kind of a hotbed for the tech world. Yeah. Right? Tech money brings, you know, tech companies bring tech money. Tech money mean, brings big dollars. Big dollars means big sponsorships, big networking deals, things like that. Partners that the UFC is trying to rub shoulders with. That's a big deal for the UFC to come here, make some of those connections, probably pick up some, you know, multi-year, multi-million dollar sponsors, mm-hmm. to be honest, you know? I didn't even think about that. I mean, that's that's what Ryan Smith brings to the table is his, his connections into tech, right? Right. Um, one, he's just a freaking cool guy. I mean, okay, let's be honest. 15 years ago, if you said, hey, guess what? Jazz are going to have a new owner. He's going to bring Dwayne Wade as part of the partnership group into Salt Lake City. He'd have been like, get out of here, man. No way. No, he's a very Christian. One of the most guy. loved guys in the NBA, yeah. Dwayne Wade, right? Who got offered an ownership stake, the same deal with the Miami Heat. They went to match it, and he chose Ryan Smith in the Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, either he's got some naked pictures or something, but <laughs> I mean... Like, what? I mean, explain that. Right. No, it's just that cool of a dude. So, I mean, when you say why why Utah, why Salt Lake City, um, one, I think the business opportunities it presents for the UFC in the tech world. Um, two, um, for those that don't know, we have, and I'm, I mean, I work with him on a weekly basis. Uh, his name's Scott Bowler. He is he's the head of the ABC Rules and Officials Committee for the unified rules for uh, for MMA in this country. He's he's the president of that board, and he runs our athletic commission here. Uh, he's he's the guy, dark hair, glasses that you know reads at, was at the UFC weigh-ins, reading out the the weights at the weigh-ins or whatever. He's cage side at all the local events and whatever. That dude's been around forever. He has tons of connections. So you know the UFC, he carries weight in the MMA world. Oh, okay. No 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 doubt about it. And when, you know, and if the UFC calls and says, hey, you know, like, what do you think about coming to Salt Lake? Like, they're going to call him and get his opinion on it. And if he says, absolutely, come to Salt Lake, like, this is a great market for you guys. I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, but I, I would assume stuff like that. I mean, there's, we're, we're really lucky to have the athletic commission that we do here. You know, we, we started, we did a couple shows this year up in Idaho and oh my gosh, did it make me grateful for the Utah Athletic Commission? Really? Because <clears throat> I don't have great things to say about the Idaho <laughs> Commission. Uh, better than New York? Yeah, just because New York doesn't know what they're doing. They that's what. That's what. So there's 
Idaho's very similar Nevada, to Nevada, right? The Nevada, and then there's the New York. I was just wondering where Idaho kind of fit in there. <laughs> Utah's top of the food chain. That's it, huh? I mean, I, I'm telling you, like, man, we have so many fighters that come fight here, and we don't just have one promotion that's fantastic here for fighters. We have three now. Right. You know, uh, Steel Fist does a really good job highlighting a lot of amateurs. Um, we wanted to play our part in that, and that's why we started our Challenger series. Yeah. There are mostly amateur shows at smaller venues. We have our Maverick Center, and Crown's going to put on two fantastic shows a year in Southern Utah every year. But at the end of the day, like you know, as promoters, we all do our job and try and try and put on a good show. Obviously, for one, we all I think we all have a love for MMA, and we want yeah. we want to do what's right by the sport. I mean, I know our our goal is. We just had a meeting about it. It's like. You know, if something were to ever happen to Fierce and it went away, like, where would the pros fight in Utah? Yeah. They wouldn't. They'd have yeah. to go somewhere else. They'd never have the opportunity to fight in front of their, their family and friends and, and stuff like that, or, or very, lim very, very, very limited opportunities, right. too. Um, and we're talking, like, not even once a year. So um, we, we all are trying to do our job, but I think one thing that makes us all really good and, and well-ran profession is um, the athletic commission that oversees us, like... They let us know, like, we have high standards here. Like, they don't just let us do whatever we want and make, you know, like, you don't see just these, like, lopsided matchups and stuff like that because, you know, you don't see guys like, there's a beloved guy. There's They're, they're all over, right? That Hey, I, I don't care. I need a guy to take the fight. He doesn't even care if he wins or loses. Just give him a paycheck and he'll show up. Right. We don't always have, we don't get those a ton here because it's more important for the integrity of the sport than it is just to fill a, fill a match. And Scott Bowler is a big, big, big reason why MMA is doing so well. And thank, and thank God, thank God that they don't do that because all that does is just set the sport back. Like, I know? mean, Montana doesn't have an athletic commission. So a lot of promotions like to go up there and either do unsanctioned fights or bring up, like bring up the, like the Wyoming athletic commission who I think they do an okay job and, and everything, but it's not like there isn't, I don't think there's the, I think everybody there. Yeah, I'll say, it, I don't care. They're, they're just trying to make some money and they don't really care about like what's best for the sport. Right. And I think, I think everybody in Utah right now is playing a very important ro role for the growth of MMA in Utah. Let me ask you this for somebody who is as ignorant as I am. I like to see the events, I like to see two people beat the shit out of each other. I don't know the technicalities. I don't know the rules. I don't know nothing. The, what is it, fighting, what is it, the commission, what is it? What did you just say, the athletic? The athletic commission. Commission. Is that something that it's that it's in Utah before UFC? <clears throat> yeah. And so that. It's a state, it's a state, it's ran by the state. So so it's like state, state rules when it comes to fighting? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so we've accepted the ABC Unified Rules, which is like most athletic <clears throat> commissions have now, Yeah. right? So, uh, you know, those standards are set by Scott Bowler and that board. I believe the last president of the board was in a completely different state, and he was just on the board. And now I think he's the head of that board. So, um, yeah, so like those rules that... But now, but give me an example for like, you just said you went to Idaho? Yeah. So was like, what's what's something that it's better... That we do here that they don't do in Idaho, for example. Or, well, or for, for one, um, we get – so the people – we went up to Idaho because they opened up this beautiful venue, the Mountain America Center. That was brand new. And they said, hey, we our fans here want MMA. So yeah. the people in Idaho want MMA. 
Well, the people in, on Capitol Hill up in Idaho, they don't think MMA is a good thing. No. So they literally charge such high fees that they don't want us to be there. Mm. And I'm sitting there going, I'm like, but your taxpayers do. Yeah. And in, in my opinion, not to get too political here, but it's like their job is to represent the people, mm. not their own right. old school, get off my lawn, old man agendas. Yeah. Right. And so if the people want an MMA show in Eastern Idaho or in Boise, they have a Boise has front street fights. It's a pretty decent show. Um, you know, and the people want it like they get, so they get, so the MMA and combat sports gets zero funding from mm. taxpayer dollars. Taxpayer dollars. Zero. <laughs> gets zero support. Right. So because of that, it costs us six times the amount to put on a show in Idaho that it does to put on here because the promotion has to pay the fees to make sure that that the athletic commission can pay their inspectors and pay all that. They make us pay the judges. They make us pay the refs. Those fees are high. We have to pay for their travel. Um, the licenses for the fighters are out of control up there. Um, for an amateur fighter, you have to pay $100 just to get a license to fight, where in Utah it's only 50 bucks. Corners, whether it's for a pro or amateur fight, each have to pay $150 for oh, their license. Shit. Where here it's only like 50 or 60 bucks. I mean, so, I mean, you're talking for an amateur fighter to go up there and just compete. It's $400 in licenses for him and his two corners. Or if it's a title fight and they get three corners, then it's 550 bucks. That's absurd. <clears throat> you know? I mean, they're literally trying to price themselves out of the market. But their fans want it so bad that they're begging us to come up there. So, so we've gone up there and we're trying to figure out how we can make it work and grow. And I've asked their athletic commission, I'm like, hey, man, like, what can we do to get more reasonable fees or, like, get more reasonable whatever? And they're just like, wait for those people to leave office. Mm. You know? And it's just like, mm. it just sucks. But, like, but in Utah, because I, I believe because of the people like Scott Bowler and stuff like that, we get good state funding. So the license fees are reasonable. The, the fees to the promotions are reasonable so that, you know, where we pay our fee to have them come and oversee the, the event. It's very reasonable. Um, things like that. And just, you know, rules, like sometimes, sometimes rules need to evolve and get better. Um, head kicks weren't allowed in amateur mm. for years. Um, that recently changed. Um, me, a couple other fighters kind of fought for that. And Scott Buller helped advocate for us. Like this is a good thing to, allow head kicks for amateurs because for whatever reason. And uh, he's just very progressive with growing the sport. They just passed the THC law. Like before Utah used to be a zero tolerance. Idaho's what was a zero tolerance till just barely, but Utah was a zero tolerance on THC and weed. Now it's same as Nevada where is, I mean, basically your limits is like, basically is you're not hot. If you're not getting you're not smoking, going in the cage, high. if you're not smoking within like 48 hours, mm -hmm. like, your, your level shouldn't be right. high enough to, to fail. Right. So, and things like that, that Scott's just done a fabulous job of making MMA better. Yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, I was, I was listening to an interview and they had, uh, was, was with you. Uh, they had Jorge Masvidal on there <laughs> with his, uh, with the game bread fighting. And that I, I was maybe out of ignorance because you know I, I i will watch a lot of events but i just i i guess i hadn't paid attention and he talked about the event that they have where uh junior santos is going to fight uh verdum right and he's all but it's no gloves i'm like oh bare, bare knuckle boxing he was like no bare knuckle mma it's baby. mma 
It's bare knuckle MMA. I'm like, wait a second, what? And even the guys that were interviewed, it was it was, it was uh, Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub. They're like, wait, what? Yeah, they had no idea. I was like, yo, you taking this out? And he Florida. said, and he said, in when we go to Colorado in December, uh, soccer kicks are allowed. Yeah. So so one thing that's really interesting about that is so one FC just came and did an event yeah. in Denver. Yeah, right? and killed it. And I, did you watch that event? I did watch it the event. It was so fun. <laughs> it was so fantastic. I the just fact that it was normal time here, I yeah. actually got to watch it tonight. I yeah. mean, I'm, you want to know how big of a nerd I am. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and watch, and watch them. <laughs> events in the middle of the night in Singapore. But um, so they did that. And I know for a fact they got reprimanded for allowing the 1FC rule kick, which allows soccer kicks and knees to downed opponents and stuff like that. Really? By the ABC. <clears throat> yeah, because Colorado, because like, I mean... I mean, what's the, I, let's be honest, you're a f- big fan, right? Even as a casual fan, you said you were like you love to watch two people beat the crap mm-hmm. out of each other. What's the one thing we're all scared is going to happen? <clears throat> somebody's going to get fucking killed. Somebody's going to die in that cage. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, every time, like, somebody gets, like, knocked out cold, I, I mean, there there was one. Uh, Alex Pereira. Yeah. His last, his last LFA fight, he hit a dude with a check hook and slept him, and he was asleep for, like, five minutes. And after, like, three minutes of that dude not moving, I'm like, and we just watched that dude die in the cage. Like, that's it's gonna be that's not gonna be a good deal, right? <clears throat> there, those rules are there to protect the fighters, right? There's some people that's just like I'm more of the opinion of you know like we know what we signed up for, yeah, it is what it is. But at the same time, like if I mean if a death happens in that cage, that's there's there's gonna be repercussions some serious right repercussions yeah. from a from a government and political standpoint where athletic commissions are gonna get really scrutinized again and they're gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna go back to okay what can we do to make this sport safer well here's the thing it's not safe no no absolutely you know what I mean absolutely and then the governments but if somebody if somebody dies on national television in a cage um, how many times do we see I'm just saying it. Boxers. Happens. It, it, it happens, right? But usually not in the room. Afterwards. So, yeah, yeah, afterwards. And, and, and it's usually because they broke in protocols. Like the last one that died last year, I believe, he got knocked out. And then he took another fight under an alias the next mm. weekend. Even though he was on medical suspension, right. took another fight and got around it. Got knocked out again. Died and the died next after day. the fact. Died the next day. <clears throat> It's like, yeah, well, yeah, dude, you get slept twice in seven days and you have an internal brain bleed and you don't get to go get it checked out and get knocked out again. You're gonna so do you, do you think that knowing that, because this is all new to me, knowing yeah. that, that there might be a change of the tide before December happens? I, it's just, I, I'm just very curious. And, and you know what? Maybe Denver and, and the, maybe their political body there is comfortable with the ABC unified rule set disapproving of what they're doing and, they're willing to deal with the consequences if they happen. Do shout out to fucking Denver for being the <laughs> gangsters of MMA. So we go back to the first UFC. Where do you think it was at? Denver. Mm-hmm. Denver. Right. You talk about watching a guy. The very where, first one. Yeah. yeah. Watching a guy where you thought he died, and I this I I play this in my mind all the time when I was this fucking tall, and I watched the first UFC fight on video cassette that I ever saw, and I watched fucking Paul Herrera fight Gary Goodrich. And he got in that crucifix on his side, and he went wham, 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 in between. His head was right here. And I said, oh, I'm fucking, 
I'm 10 years old. I just watched a guy die on, on videotape. No wonder I had to coax an 18-year-old at Movie Buffs to go buy this next to all the porno tapes. It changed my life forever. It absolutely made my heart stop. I was like, I'll never be the same again. But then I fueled it. It was like, well, how do you get out of that? How do you avoid that? Yeah. That's what, that's what got me, you know. But you're right. You're, it's you you have to and and I'm not I'm not a fighter I'm just assuming this you almost have to protect the fighters cuz you don't know if they're going to protect themselves they won't. Right? we we won't I will say this we won't I I remember um I was where was I watching I was watching a fight where the coach threw in the towel to protect his fighter and I remember going and talking to my coach I said if you ever throw in the towel on me <sighs> you will never corner me again I wonder like, that. I always wonder that. Like, don't you dare. Let me go out. Let me go out on my shield. Like, that's the way we're wired. But are you almost too tough for your own good? So be it. Like, that's what I signed up for. I, I mean, so... I, this motherfucker's a gunslinger no, right here. No, my, I, and I'm not... I, His I, wife's and old. I want to make, make this very, very clear. I'm nothing special in that world. I think that's how... You just have that mentality. 98% of us are. Yeah, you just have that mentality. You know, like there's, there, there's, a, there's a code amongst fighters. And you know what? If you are responsible enough to, as a, as a man, to say like, this is a bad spot for me and like you're going to tap to strikes or whatever. Yeah, like that's frowned upon in the fighter community. Like, I'm sorry, but like, I'll say it right. You'll never see me tap to strikes. You'll, you'll, you're not going to see me just tap to just like anything. Like I have to know that either I'm going to get severely injured, like cripple myself or, or break something or tear right. something. And I still <clears throat> might not tap. Like I have, I have a lingering energy injury cause I want to tap at the gym once, which is just stupid and pig headed. But I mean, <laughs> right. in competition in front of a crowd of people and, and, and my kid and, yeah. and stuff like it, it's, it's, dude, it's not happening. I'm not, I'm. I'm I'm never gonna I'm never gonna get to that point where I'm like I give up. Right. No, I don't, you'll have to kill me. Like that's just the way it is, and that's the way I think a lot of fighters. That's the energy they bring into there. So I, as a promoter, I have to. There's a fine balance there, right? Of like I have to be very respectful and respect that you know you got to do what's in the best interest uh, of those fighters. But when I'm but you know when I put when I put that mouth guard in and I and I I have gloves on. Uh, I'm a fighter now and it's, you know, you, you let me go out on my shield and, or else like we're, you know, I, I've talked, I've, I've told that to refs in the back, you know, I've told that to a ref, you know, I'm like, don't, do not stop a fight early. I've had a fight stopped <laughs> early before. Like, don't, don't do it to me, man. Could you, did you see yourself five years ago? In the spot where you're in right now? No. As of, as arguably, and I say that arguably is, is, in, in big quotations as one of the biggest local fight promotions. And we don't even say local because they, you know, it's a traveling league, right? Being a, uh, the, the main, uh, matchmaker. No, I didn't even know it was, was a thing. No, I didn't. <laughs> five years ago, uh, I barely knew what fi fierce fighting championship was right. five years ago. Fierce fighting championship was just in price, Utah. Right. And the only thing I knew about it is Jordan Chandler, a pro from one hit MMA took his retirement fight in price, Utah 
to go down and fight for Cody because he had that much respect for him. I mean, big shout out to Jordan Chandler. A big reason why I took the position I did with, with Fierce is I reached out to Jordan who had fought for multiple promotions around and Jordan's like, Cody's a great dude. You can trust him. Like if he has something for you, you know, I would encourage you to go work with him. Right. He's a really good dude. And, and, and that's, that's somebody that you definitely want to, you how know, did, how did you even get approached? Cause I mean, there's, there's a ton of MMA guys here in Utah, right? <clears throat> how do you even get approached for this opportunity? I mean, there, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot behind the scenes to it that, you know, some of it I, I'll, I'll leave behind the scenes, but, um, basically, uh, the gist of it is I, uh, during COVID, nothing was happening. And then Fierce tried to do a show at the Maverick Center that the health department shut down. I remember that. 48 hours before our show. And I was supposed to fight Johan Rubio mm-hmm. on that show for the Fierce Amateur 185. Shout out to a former Shout guest. Out. We've had him here. <laughs> Johan's the man. <clears throat> yeah. I watched him fight a couple times then, and I'm just like, thank goodness we didn't fight. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just a Shout out piece. to him. Yeah, he's been here. We've sparred since. Like, now we've sparred and stuff, and and it, that's that's fun. He was, one of, uh, he was one of his uh, yeah. sponsored guys. He was it, a, It's uh, funny because I, I used to I used to have a uh, like a screen printing business with one of my friends, and uh, he was like quote unquote our model like way back when when yeah. he was like fighting we got we got pictures on our pages of Heck him yeah. like all posting with our shirts and shit and then when he came in i was like i'm like do you remember being in this building before he goes oh yeah and this i'm like yeah that was me and he goes oh shit it was it was it was a, a cool a cool <laughs> yeah. story he's small lake city so i'm supposed to i'm supposed to be cutting weight and uh i'm cutting in weight and i get a text message like hey uh the maverick center and the health department just canceled the show and i would like to make that very 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 clear cody was prepared to do whatever to make that show happen i've heard from multiple sources he begged the maverick center and the health department not to do this because he knew how much work we'd put in and and he was trying to be part of that like let's quit being afraid like what are we afraid of like we have to get back to normal life and he was trying to you know he was trying to push that and and uh, you know the Maverick Center is ultimately the venue that, that yeah. held the event, and they yeah. they said finally they just said, you know, f- through the health department's recommendation, like we're we're canceling the event, and uh, and it sucked. Well, they rescheduled the event, so that was supposed to happen. I want to say in November, and um, they rescheduled the event for. F- February, March. I gotta go to the bathroom. Keep going. Okay. <clears throat> um, they rescheduled the event for February, March, and um, and I just wasn't in a place where I could fight right then. I had personal stuff going on, and uh, I just fighting just wasn't in the picture for me and my home life at that time. Um, so Cody just said, "Hey, do you want to like you do a really good job on the podcast? Do you want to come do be our play by play guy and do the the pay per view thing?" Sure, man. And so I did that with Sean O'Connell, and mm-hmm. it was a freaking blast. And I loved it. And he's like, dude, you killed it. Like, you're our guy. You, you, you do it. I was like, great. This is cool. And then I did express to him. I expressed to him, and I expressed to, um, just as I had expressed to Steel Fist, too, like, hey, I kind of want to, like, learn the business a little bit, um, you know, matchmaking, whatever. And, and, and uh, we talked about it. And... Um, and, you know, ultimately it came down to I even looked into starting my own promotion. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. Um, me, me and Jason actually at one point looked at, looked into starting our own promotion with uh, 
with, uh, you know, with my other guy, uh, Sage and Champneys, who I do everything with. We, we talked about it. I talked to a few people that have some money that were willing to financially back it and get it off the ground and going that are big MMA fans here in Utah. Um, and whatever. I was trying to get some things going. Maybe, you know, I had a good relationship at the time with Steel Fist, trying to get things going. But at the end of the day, like, Steel Fist, they have their business model and they're really good at what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they didn't need me. <clears throat> you know, if yeah. I'm just being totally honest, like, I don't know if I totally, like, I don't even know if I would have even brought that much value to their show because they kind of do what they do and they're good at what they do. Right. And, and they, they fit a really, uh, they, they, they have their niche in the market and they're good. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that you're so fucking respectful to all the other organizations. Like it shows a true businessman and to fierce fighting championship, you know, just the, the kind of business that you run. Cause at the end of the day, you all know the value of competition when it comes yeah. to a broader, a broader spectrum of yeah. MMA. So I did, not to cut you off. I just no. wanted to tell you that how much I respect that and how, how humble you talked about all the other, other organizations and other fighters. It's, it's, it's refreshing to hear. But I mean, and, and it's the truth. I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean yeah. it. Um, but at the end of the day too, I, you know, I talk, talk to Cody and stuff and you know, he has another, he has another, you know, real job, real business that he runs. And he's like, man, I, I need a guy. And I, and I basically is like, I, you know, like I would love to be your guy, but I, I got a team that I'm bringing with me too. Like yeah. I have these people that, that I want to do this with and, and say Sajin's Sajin's he's been, we, we owned a car detailing business together forever. And, and he's just been, he's just been like my best friend that I can rely on in, right. in ways that just, you know, just like a, a real brother to me. And that that it, that's meant so much that that relationship. It's just like I wasn't really interested in doing anything without him, right? Yeah. And so when he was got interested, and he's not an MMA guy, but like yeah. he's come to some of my fights. Like that was about it. And so like when we had this opportunity, and Cody's like, I, I want to bring you in to do this, you know. Um, that's kind of, and he's like, so at first it was like, hey, can you help, you know, match these fights? This is what we're trying to do. I was like, sure. So I started doing my thing, you know, and I'm just like, and um, and I mean. You know, try to not a humble, you know, this isn't going to sound like super humble or anything, but like, I think I'm freaking good at matchmaking. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, there's an art to matchmaking. It's not just about throwing two guys that are the right. same weight class together. Um, it's about things that make sense. And, you know, like, I mean, I have, I have, we, we have our August card, right? And I have scenarios for every single person that's fighting on that card, win or lose of where they go next and when. Well, so you're thinking two or three events ahead. That's what matchmaking does. Right. I mean, that—that's what it is. I mean, I—I I freaking through the through the advice of Scott Bowler, I read a book by Vince McMahon about storytelling. You know, about the WWE and their model of you know build, building people towards each other. You, you know how they do it every year. Right now, yeah. the big build is Jey Uso and Roman Reigns and the right. WWE, and you build this amazing storyline that 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 sucks people in. Dude, you can do that with MMA. But it's so much easier when you write the script. Sure, but guess but it, but it can still be done with MMA as long as you're flexible, you have a good imagination, and, and you and, and there's options, right? Um, for example, uh, oh, I'm, dude, my dick is so hard. Listen, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, well, the yeah. business aspect of the whole yeah, thing, yeah, right? Sure. But I mean, for I mean, for example, you know, uh, Jerome Hatch and um, Mike Jones. 
Now, granted, right, uh, Mike Jones can win this fight and get signed to the PFL or Bellator and be gone, right? One and done with us. Yeah. He could win this fight and he could fight, uh, you know, we could bring in another top-tier prospect for him to defend this title with. He could lose this fight and decide, for whatever reason, I want to rematch with Jerome at that. Well, we got to get a win for, you know, like we have all these scenarios. So I have all these scenarios so from winning, losing, never fighting for us again, some names of who he'd fight if he won, some names of who he'd fight. Like, we have different storylines that we build down. Right. And every once in a while, you, we catch lightning in a bottle, and the preferred storyline starts happening, and, and we can start building people together. I mean, I, I'll say this. Uh, Jerome, Jerome Hatch, if he, if he wins this fight, I mean, he has the call-out of all call-outs coming, and I'm not going to spoil it. you got to come come to the Maverick Center on August 26th to see it, but he's going to call somebody out and everybody's jog is going to drop. And if you think Jerome Hatch versus Mike Jones is big, wait till you hit that call out. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, if Jerome loses too, he still has a contract with Bare Knuckle Boxing. Yeah. Who he just controversially lost his belt in. Yeah. And he's got to go fulfill that, and then he'll come back for us probably first to next year or whatever. And he's still our 205 champion, can defend that. Like, And I'm just I'm just talking about one matchup. I have that scenario. An entire card, for, huh? I have that scenario for almost every card down to the, the, the two kids that are kicking off the card are two 145 amateur debuters. Like, it's... That that's the business of it, and so I would love I, to see the whiteboard. He's a scheduler. You're a scheduler. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he is. Dude, I have a giant, that's what I have, Yeah, I have a giant whiteboard that covers my whole wall, right? And I have our right now. I have our August card. I have our September card. I have our October card. I have our November card. I have our January date. I have a projected February date, and I have people that have asked me to be on those cards, and I just. Long-term just, scheduling, dude. Yeah, I only schedule three <laughs> weeks ahead. So. That's smart. I wish I could. You know, but you know, it, 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 it's what I do, and, um, and and it's and it, and I think it's what's causing. It's a big part of why Fierce is growing the way that it's growing. Absolutely, and Cody's just. I've said it before in other interviews. Like he's just given me the keys to the Ferrari and given me the the freedom to to go build these cards and the confidence in me to do that. And um, and like I said, very respectfully, I don't feel like Steel Fist needed me, because. Uh, but um, I want. I'm a builder. I want to build something massive, and I want to build something that um, that's going to be around a lot longer than I am. Yeah. And I want to leave an imprint on MMA in Utah, and that's not going to get it done as a fighter as much as I wish it would. Mm-hmm. But I can leave a lasting impact in building fierce into something that um, that that makes. There's no reason why Utah can't become like the second fight capital of the world this close to Las Vegas, right? Because we have the gyms here, we have the talent here, we have the fighters here. We 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 literally have everything here, but we need that mainstay promotion that has features professional fighters, full you know cards with professional fighters on them at a venue like the Maverick Center. There's not very many other promotions in the country that are doing what we're doing right now. Right. Gives me chills just talking about it. Oh, and one more. My guy, Trevor Bradshaw, 
Exactly. By the way, if you're listening, I butt dialed you the other day, and I apologize. <laughs> and he's gonna go, "This motherfucker who." First off, we've never met, really, but we've talked back and forth oh, on you text. Butt dialed. You so, me? But so his tattoo artist, or we have a tattoo artist oh, together, yeah. right? So I, I'm like, what "The fuck is calling me?" I'm like. Why would he be calling me? And I missed the call, and I kind of went through log. I'm like, well, because I butt dialed him, but he was supposed to come on the podcast. It didn't work out, and uh, obviously, dude, he I'm, needs to. I'm, uh, I'm get a, him on I'm, before I'm, August 26. Please, I've been a huge fan of his. I mean, and I, I mean the fact that he went, to, I mean, that's my guy. I always root for him. But anyway, shout out. Sorry, I butt dialed you, Man, you but you I appreciate should, the phone call back. You should uh, <laughs> before August 26. We might you, you might be able to pull it off. I'll hit him up. I'll hit him up. Oh, come on. He he's uh, it's an MMA related month, dude. He's uh, dude. Uh, here's the thing. And Jackson wants to go on. Yeah, went Ooh. hoops. Jackson hoops. Oh yeah, yeah. He was yeah. Out there I met him. Lot. Yeah, yeah. I met him and uh, and uh, make some noise. He's like, put baby. me on the podcast. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he's <laughs> yeah, dude. He's my he. That, that's my guy too. I mean, and, and and I have to say this before before I forget. Um, I have a friend. We have a friend. Mm-hmm. That I work with, who has kind of got me in, <clears throat> I'm starting to get in touch with, in my opinion, one of the greatest MMA managers in the world, right? And so, my buddy Carlos, shout out to Carlos, shout out to Carlos. he's like, yo, I got you a book. The book's not released. I got you a book. Can it's you on say its this? Way. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you a book. It's on its way. Um, he delivers me this book. I'm like... Oh, so I open it up. He signed it to me and everything. And I'm, you know me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in awe. And so I get on and I look. Who's friends with Zach on Facebook? Monty Cox. So I got the book <laughs> and I'm going through it. And He's I'm, looking at you all pissed off. I, I haven't gotten I the book. I dumbfounded. <laughs> in the old, I mean, we're going back to the old. Shout out to my man, Pat Militich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going way back. Oh, yeah. And it's just. Just the way that you read this and you, you see where we are here now, it just it makes me proud that the the sport I love so much is just 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 thriving right now. So it's thriving. And, and guys like you, like you said, to yeah. to leave a, leave an imprint on the sport to where your kids and your grandkids can enjoy fierce fighting championship and 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 what you've brought to the state. So I really admire what you're doing. I mean, it, it, and I I don't want to take like that credit for it. Like it's Cody. Right, he's the one that brought it to the Maverick Center. He's the one that 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 that's making it all happen. And, 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 like, and I and truly, team. Like, I, I, I truly, uh, I agree with that. But a, a pit crew works together. Yeah, to build I it. mean, we're 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 on it together. I, I definitely don't want to act like it's like I'm doing this, but I, I definitely have a hand in, in the team that's doing it. You're right? a part of the deck of cards. The, yeah, absolutely. That's and I because there's so man, there's so many people that like Jackson. You know, Jack, dude. People don't even know this. Like Jackson, freaking. So we needed a. We needed a, a guy. And Cody was like, man, we need a guy. Do you know anybody? And I'm like, dude, I got the guy. <laughs> He's the guy. I sit in an insurance office with him. He freaking plays his drums all night. He's obsessed. Like, <laughs> dude, this dude is the guy. And, uh, and he He's like, very and, energetic. And, and, yeah. and Cody even warned me. He's like, man, like. I thought some. I thought I brought a friend once that I thought was gonna be good. And he kind of bombed. Like, are you sure? I'm like, dude. I'm more sure that he's going to be good at this than I'm going to be, like, able to do this. Like, he'll kill it, right? And, um, dude, he's like, I mean, dude, he comes early. He helps with setup. He ta- helps with takedown. Like, nice. dude, he's a part of the team. Like, he's, the day, the day like, that I met him, the day that I met him, he 
eat, uh, Dre, we were hanging out with Dre. We were watching sure. the fights at the bar. And he introduced me to him. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I've seen you in, in, in like, photos or, you know, with, with yeah. Dre or whatever. Or in the events. And he goes, yeah. And so I've been talking to him for, like, half hour, an hour. And he goes, don't I know you? I said, I'm like, it's the first time I met, I met you. Just seen you for the first time, like, live in person. He goes, I've seen you somewhere. I was like, I'm like, I don't know. And then he took him another half hour and he goes, wait, were you doing the Spanish thing with Dre? I'm like, oh, Dre Espanol. I'm like, oh, yeah, we were together. Yeah. He's like, that's where I know you from. I'm like, oh, that's been dead forever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's where you know me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then Dre's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we used to do it at the, at the station. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, that's where I, that's what, and that's the, that's the day that I met him. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a drummer boy. Yeah, we have we have so many. I mean, we have Jackson, uh, Blake is doing an incredible job with our media. You know, Cody obviously nothing can happen without us. Sajin, like, it's so funny. We all had press badges or not press badges, but like credentials up in Idaho. They're just like very secure, like tight down. And so we all had to have, like our credentials and stuff. And then we all kind of put like funny little pictures on the back, like our official ones on the front, but then like funny ones on the back. He was like, he was fix it, Felix. Cause like, so people that are sage in the hats that this guy wears, he does our website. He does, um, all the updating for the website. He does all the t- marketing stuff outside of social media. Okay. He does, uh, he builds the cage, takes down the cage. We've upgraded the cage, like fixes the cage. Like he just, and then he just does every odd and end job that needs to be done. And like, he's just, just he's a handyman. He's one of the most talented, innovative people I've ever met. And uh, he's just, I mean, like, we all kind of, like, everybody kind of, like, drags on that, his generation. Like, he's in his, like, mid-20s now. But, oh, like, okay. they're, like, lazy, whatever. Dude, he's, like, one of the hardest workers I've ever been around. It's, like, why our paths, like, we're the, the total opposite of people. Like, different, you know, uh, where we've come from, who we are, like, our views on a lot of things but at the end of the day too like he's just a worker and i'm just a worker so like we just vibe that we would just both put our heads down and just grind like like i just it, and so uh but yeah i mean we have there's just there you know jason's been a big part of it um we just have we just have a team that just uh mandy does our sponsors like she's doing a like a phenomenal job bringing sponsors to the show giving them a experience that you can't really get anywhere else but at an mma event like right I mean, you want you want to wow some people. You're a business owner, and you want to like wow some customers or some business partners. Come put them cage side at an MMA event. Like you you've never seen anything like it. Watching somebody get knocked out, or watching two dudes stand toe to toe and just slug it out, and you're 15 feet away from them. Like there's just an energy from that that you can't experience anywhere else. I'm pretty sure where we were sponsors. Oh yeah, yeah, they do. That's the northern. Don't one. say it. If you know <clears throat> yeah, I can't say. It don't we say don't, it if we you don't know say it. that. But yeah, <laughs> they sponsor it. That's okay. Listen, man. As a as a person that, like I mentioned before, I just like to see two people just beat the living shit out of each other. I don't know. Like I say, I don't know logistics. I don't know uh, rules, and and you know what I mean. But I do know this, and I do notice this is the fact that I know that I had a couple of guys here coming to our podcast. To our, <laughs> or you should have showed him your your beer cooler. Event, I'm like, oh, <laughs> hey, your beer cooler. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just for me, just to know uh, that we had a couple of guys here in our podcast, and 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 now you guys are basically in charge of this 
empire that is growing day by day, it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, these guys actually have been grinding on what they love, which is the MMA business and the MMA, you know, world and community. And now they're in charge of this huge event that it happens once a month, which is not it's not easy. You know, like actually we do this so hard. We do this once a week and, and, and now we work every day like we're, we're side by side and we're podcasting every day and we still have to come here and do it yeah. and you guys have to do it at a massive scale once a month i mean i can i can i nothing but props and i uh and it's awesome it's I awesome mean, to know it's awesome to know that when i see the event it's a pay-per-view it's on tv it's on youtube it's everywhere and i'm like oh i know the guys that put that shit together yeah. and, yeah. It, and that's just yeah. I, I mean, you I guys mean, should give yourselves a pat on the back. Yeah, no, and, and we have a, and, and, and I mean, this is the thing, like, dirty little secret. Like, I'll just air this out. It, I mean, it's not like, you, you know why MMA promotions come and go so often? It's because it's not very profitable. Mm-hmm. Do you know how hard it is to make money doing this? Because I've learned over the last year and a half how hard it is to make Neither money Neither is this podcast. This. Thank yeah. you so much for going. Yeah, yeah, for real, right? <laughs> that, I learned that too, right? I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, like man, making a making a profit, running pro show yeah. at a venue like the Maverick Center. I think if people saw the bill, you know, of expenses to run a show at the Maverick Center, like I don't know what number people like thinks in your head. Yeah, I, I um, see the event. I go, oh, Zach must be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. He's like, I wouldn't be beating the I shit think he's out of us. Popping champagne with yeah. some Mick Maynard yeah. and fucking Sean Shelby right now. Yeah, yeah, sure. Living the dream. Uh, no, but man, you know, like the, you know, um, the thing, the thing that I'm, one of the, the I mean, the goal is, I, I do think some people see that, right? I mean, yeah. pull the curtain. I'm gonna pull the curtain back here a little bit. I think people do think that that they're like. Oh, like Fierce is at the Maverick Center. They're probably just raking in all this cash and yeah. stuff like that. Dude, they don't, they, you have no idea how yeah. expensive it is mm-hmm. to put on a show there, pay the fighters, pay all these people that travel in. I mean, we got we have all these pro fights where it's like, dude, they all want to get paid. And the, and then one thing that's really hard is these fighters put in all this time, right? It's all love love of labor, yeah. right? Like if you look at like our dollar per hour, I could probably go work at McDonald's and make more money. UPS make more money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we could, but I'm I'm working in the field and I'm trying to build something that hopefully yeah. one day. <clears throat> and the belief is is one day you could do it. But like if people think that like we're getting rich off doing this, like I'm sorry, you're losing your minds. It's no different than the fighters who you know. Like I mean, for example, like I won't use our organization because it's not the business, but like LFA. You know LFA, right? Yep. Do you know what their champions make? <clears throat> I couldn't even tell you. What do you think their champions make? Mm. Got to remember, the UFC baseline now is twelve and twelve. Twelve and twelve. So if you get signed to the UFC, you're going to make a contract a minimum of twelve thousand to show, twelve thousand to win. What do you think an LFA, who is pretty much like the premier regional the, yeah, show, it's that the, if you the become the, League, right? if you become the LFA champion, you're getting signed by the UFC for sure. If not that fight, if you defend your belt successfully like you're getting signed right? to me if, if without that build up to you asking me that and you were to ask me that on the streets i would say i don't know um four and four five and five okay they pay 15 and 15 oh well 100 <laughs> yeah and that's what, what is the, and, that's and, what the lfa champion makes now and i and i will say this and i'm very proud of this both the guys at our main event will make more than that you know what i mean like like you want to but that being said too they're not making what they should. Yeah. Now, isn't yeah. LF, 
L LFA. Isn't that where UFC gets their fighters from? A lot of them. But, one of them. But, one of them. But, man, yeah. they can get them from anywhere, right? Like, yeah. they're all independent But I'm saying, like, that's like, hey. the, that's like the last step to get to before you... Quote unquote, make Possibly. it. I mean, they could go. I mean, let let let's be honest. We have our very own heavyweight champ, Kent Mafaleo. He'll be back, you know, uh, hopefully in November at the Maverick Center, his house that he calls it, and uh, you know, defending his heavyweight title successfully, hopefully for the second time. Um, as a five and zero pro, he he defends it against the right person. Six and zero pro, like he's probably getting signed straight yeah. to the UFC. He doesn't have to go to LFA. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to our welterweight champion right now, Carson Hardman, Ugh. makes his PFL debut tomorrow, tomorrow night, night yeah. baby. Like, let's go. Taking a fight on short notice. He was supposed to be on this August 26th card. Get a phone call. He's like, I had an opponent. Everything is going to defend his title. Co-main event. It's going to be sick. He's like, hey, man, I just got signed to the PFL. Freaking. That's, that's you, what yeah. we're doing, you yeah. know? Like, that's what we want. We want those guys. We want to put them in those PFL, the Bellators, the UFCs, and stuff like that. But what sucks is, I mean, I mean, there's fighters that they're like, man, I, I really think I'm worth this, right? For example, fighter comes to me and he says, man, I think I'm worth like 2000 and 2000 Again, I'm going to pull back the curtain here and I go and I look up his ticket sales. Hey, brother, you sell $5,000 in tickets, which isn't chump change. Like, that's no, not bad. absolutely. That's not bad. <clears throat> but guess what? You're a beast. You want 2000 and 2000 2000 we're gonna assume you win because you're the Utah guy, and we're pulling for you to win, right? Like, I mean, this this isn't this isn't uh, this isn't breaking news. Like, I'm not bringing in guys to beat the Utah guys. I'm bringing them in to be competitive fights, and if they win, they win. Props right. to them, and, and there's no hard feelings there, you know. But like, I mean, promoting one on one is you want the hometown guy. If you're bringing people in, you want the hometown guys to win. Absolutely, because the crowd gets more into it. The crowd has better experience. <clears throat> You know, you go somewhere and they all lose. Like all the Utah guys lose. It's You're building like, a fan base. Like, yeah, yep. we're, we're building a fan base, right? This is the business side of it. So Dude, you know, the, now so, that he's talking about a person who says, "Hey, I think I'm worth it." It's like the, your worth. The job is but, like so but, similar. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, but, but 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 here's the deal. Like he wants two thousand, two thousand. Let's say and he sells five thousand dollars worth of tickets. Well, here here we go, brother. You're a beast. So guess what? To fight you, somebody's going to want a lot of money too because you're not an easy fight. And so if they're going to fight you, they're going to want to get paid 2000 and 2002 And then, oh, I got I to gotta book plane tickets or pay for their travel for them and their coach or coaches. Okay, so that's going to be in a, probably another twelve to 1500 bucks. Oh, and then I got to put them in a hotel. And then I have to arrange for their rides, uh, whether I have to pay a driver or reimburse them for Ubers or whatever and stuff. And all of a sudden it's like to put this fight on, gonna cost me seven grand to put this fight on if you're making two and two and he's making two two and two because i'm gonna have to pay you, you know what i mean and now yeah, yeah. now we're losing money well, that can't happen you gotta so think it's a business so, so guess what this is what i can pay you i can pay you i can i can pay because this is what you're worth and fighters think it's off their worth is based off their records and wins and losses right but it's not to a promotion putting on fun exciting fights i get people all the time to message me he's like please i want to come fight for your promotion i'll put on a super exciting fight I don't have anybody for you right now. Right. What do you mean I don't? You don't have anything. Have anybody for me? Like, like bringing somebody from Vegas. You want me to bring in two out of towners? That your guys aren't going to sell a single ticket at Absolutely. Maverick Center. Absolutely. Yeah. We might sell like ten pay per views together. He might have five watch parties. You might have five watch parties. And like, and I'm just going to lose like. That makes <laughs> so much fucking me, sense, me, dude. And I might, and I might, you know, I might, I might spend. You know, six, seven, eight grand to put this sick fight on, and it's great. 
But sick fights don't pay the bills. Yeah, don't pay the bills. Do you have, any, pl- do you have any platform? I know you say that you haven't done the podcast in, in a minute, but do you have a platform where you actually tell these things and how it is? So when I negotiate with fighters, I'm I'm very realistic with them. I just I just unfortunately like you know we just had we just had a fight that could have been on this card. Guy was he's a vet. He's been around for a long time. Good fighter. Um, somebody I consider a friend. Um, you know that I like mm. and he goes hey bro like I gotta have this I gotta I gotta have this to fight I said okay well let me go see let me go see what your sales have been like at the Maverick Center I go look it up and, and I said not only can I not pay you that number I probably can't even pay you half that number <laughs> it's because it's pretty cut and dry the system you have when you log on you click on the fight card and you go well this is my guy and it gives you a real number, right? Yes. Like, there's plenty exactly. of people to walk in to buy tickets, but anybody that's a true fan is going to buy a ticket associated with that fighter. Just so to support the it fighter. It doesn't lie, right? Not really, you know? I have, I have a kid that I love him to death as a person, and he's a good fighter. He's talented. He does all the right things, right? He works hard. He shows up on weight, never misses weight. He's respectful. He's a good martial artist. He's getting better all the time. He's a good training partner in the training room. Um at his gym, he, he does all the right things. He didn't sell any tickets. Mm. He's like, I want to fight all the time. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do if you don't sell any tickets, bro? Like, even though you're an amateur, like, I still got to pay somebody at least a couple hundred dollars in travel to bring them up from Vegas and pay for their hotel rooms and stuff. Like, you got to at least sell like $500 in tickets so I can break even on it. So you cover flight, you cover hotel, yeah. you cover rides back and forth. Sure. Jesus Christ. But you can imagine as somebody that's a mediocre fan that doesn't know the business side of things, when you walk into the Maverick Center, there's the drop bowl, there's the cage, there's the lights, you're like the wow factor. Like, oh, they're just. It's no, yeah. Dude, that's why I said it's interesting. I want to pull back the curtain a little bit to give people a perspective. Like, here's the thing. And I mean, take it for what it, it, it is or whatever. But like I said. I, I want an extra 500 to 1,000 people in the Maverick Center to come buy tickets, not so I can line my pockets, so I can pay the fighters better. Pay the better. fighters, right? Mm-hmm. Pay the fighters. So that I can bring better talent to bring a better show to yeah. Utah. You know, you, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's, not a, it's not a greed thing. It's not a whatever. It's, man, how does, how does the Delta Center get 20,000 plus in there and, like, we can't get 4,000 in the Maverick Center? Like, I... The fights are good enough. Like you've been there. Like yep. we put on a good show. Absolutely. I know we put on a good show, and we and the fights are good and the quality's good and things like that. We just need more people to know that it's happening, and and and, and spread the word and word of mouth because if if you come, you're gonna have a good time. And the more people that come, the better it's gonna get for everybody. Energy is um, infectious, yep. and the more people come. The more energy that's going to be there, the more they're going to want to come back. The more people come back, the more money it brings in. The more money it brings in, the better I can pay the fighters closer to what they deserve. Right. I'm still a fighter myself, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> you get I, it. I want to take you care of the guys. Yeah. Like, I want to be their advocate. I want to be the the matchmaker and the promoter that they know is trying to pay them as much as they possibly can, you know? I mean, and again, but like, you know, get, give me a big ticket seller. I'll do... Give me, give me a guy that sells, you know, puts out over a hundred people in the seats. Dude, I'll freaking, I'll bring in anybody from across the country for him. You know, like right. I, it's not always about the money. It's about making enough money. So it's worth it. So we can pay our bills and 
and support our families. And, and if we don't pay like the that, bills, we don't have another show, right? That's, that's right, yeah. right? I mean, but once we hit that threshold, all the money's going, all, all the money's going back. Yeah. And we'll put on better fights and, and we'll put on a better show for the fans and, and we're going to snowball this. Thing. I have no doubt in, you know, but within two to three years, that, that venue is going to be full. Well, uh, events like the UFC coming here and seeing how big so, it is, man. you think it gives you a pop at the end of the day? I, you know what's crazy is I'm, I'm a pretty social guy. I go to the UFC fights with my son, but I'm talking to the people around me. I'm just like, hey, you guys know there's a show at the Maverick Center in a month? No. Ever heard of Fierce Fighting Championship? Nope. Ever heard of Steel Fist? Nope. Ever heard of Crown Fighting Championship in St. George? Nope. It's sad. It's I'm like, so sad. So, but... But you love MMA? Love MMA. Watch every UFC card. I'm like, you know we have really good shows here locally. So what do you think is lacking? I don't know. And I think if you could figure that out, that is like, that's the golden key to unlocking the letting it know. Because it's like, I want to do $2,000 too. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, obviously. Uh, it's obvi two and two. It's yeah, two and two. two, and two, two, and two. two. <laughs> I want to tell you. <laughs> the answer you got ain't worth it, dog. <laughs> So I can smell the bullshit, my yeah. friend. I can give you two hundred. Because <laughs> we we can promote on this podcast. <laughs> no, but like, what else? What else can we do? Obviously, you be, you you've been in a couple podcasts. You guys have uh, your own podcast. You're doing your own promotions. Sure. What else? What I else? Mean, that's I mean, that's, that's grassroots the, media. Yeah, that's, that's 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 what we're trying to do, right? We get the word out here. I hit up Justin. Come on here because I want to. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the show and talk about my fight a little bit. And I love, I, I like come chopping up with you guys. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I, it's, it's more people just need to know that there are good shows happening here locally and the fan, like, and I know our fan base is growing cause I, I look at it, the percentage of, so of fighter sales. So I, I get this breakdown of how many tickets are sold, right. And how many sold are by the fighters and how many are just public sales of just fans that are like, I don't really care who's fighting. I'm just going to come watch. Cause I know fierce fighting right. championships going to put on a good card. The percentage is going up every single show of the percent of public sales. So I know our local fan base is growing where people are like, Oh cool. You know? And so it's like, we just, we just need, on top of what the fighters sell, for more fans to just go, I mean, I don't even care if they support a fighter. I'd like them to support a fighter. I mean, in an ideal world, every single person would click on a fighter link so that the fighters get a commission because that's what happens, right? They, they go click on the fighter that they're going to go support's picture. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, if you go on a fiercefightingchampionship.com, you go to tickets, and every single fighter has their picture on there. You click on their, their, you click on their, uh, their picture, and it takes you straight to Ticketmaster. And that link identifies with that fighter, and that's how they get credit for selling nice. the ticket. Nice. And then they get a commission off that. You're a guy of the peddling tickets. You sure. got a stack of tickets, right? Sure. And that's how they, okay, at the end of the day, I had to return this many tickets, right? Yeah. Um, you, you guys don't do it. It's just strictly built we, off. Yeah, we don't do hard tickets. Um, there's pros and cons to it. I think when you actually have tickets in hand and you can like, you can go. But so you have to understand too, and this might surprise a lot of people, a lot of fighters are introverts. Oh, really? <laughs> I would actually say more introverts than not. Instead of outgoing salesmen, right? Yes. And so I think most fighters are a lot more comfortable just putting their link in their bio on their social media and just mm. say, and making a post. Most fighters, and, and here's the thing, like I'm an amateur fighter, but it's like. That's very interesting. You know, I, I'm an amateur fighter, but, uh, you know, I have no problem going in out there. But man, like these fighters that I, I just talk, talked about that maybe don't sell very many tickets or sell tickets at all, 
the other thing is, is the part that like that's hard for me is I'm like, dude, it, it's not hard. You just need to tell your coworkers, hey, you know, I'm fighting. You should come check it out. Right. It's really yeah. fun. Right. You just need to tell the people that you bump yeah, into, yeah. hey, you know, I'm fighting. Like, I'm fighting at the Maverick Center on August 26th. Come check it out. They just need to post like once a week or twice a week on their social media, you know, take a picture of them after training at the gym, take a picture yep. and say, hey, yo, like, don't forget, go to the link in my bio. Buy coming, tickets yeah. to my fight. Like, three weeks, let's go. You know, something. Mm-hmm. That, dude, those, those little things, I mean, some fighters make a pretty good paycheck just off their commission. Wow, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I don't like to put people's <laughs> business out there, but I yeah. mean, we, we have an, we have an amateur fighter that made almost four grand last year. Wow, in one event, just off tickets, just huh? off his commissions, Jeez. off ticket sales. Good for him. I mean, it's doable. It's there. It's there. You just the money's take there. Advantage of it. And and some people are like, ah, I just want to fight, man. That's great if you just want to fight, but then, but then again, too, you want to fight at the Maverick Center. Yeah. Do you want do you, do you want do you want the promotions like Fierce to stay? Yeah, you got to put in the work too, because it, it it goes both ways. Some people's like your job to promote. It's it's my job to fight. No 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 no. It's our job. It's my job to promote the fight, but it's your job to promote yourself. Yeah. Right. You're an independent contractor. Right. Because yeah, you promote it, everybody. It, yeah, we try to. We, yeah. We've been doing a lot more with like highlight videos and stuff like that. Try to give fighters content to promote themselves. But at the end of the day, they they have to go out there and promote themselves. Yeah. Makes sense. Yo, this music is uh... <laughs> brought to you by. You know, it's it's funny. I, I think it's because we're. This is what we'll pick it up, right? Yeah, it only pick and, up and, our and voice. This is just like this. How close we are, how far they are. It it won't be as bad, but uh, we can get out of here if you guys want. Yeah. What are we What are we at on time? Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're there. Um, okay. Well, let's just let's kind of retract on everything. Um, first and foremost, damage plan insurance right now. My guy, my guy up my right guy. here. I'm talking about the number one insurance guy. And, uh, I'm not just because you you're have my, all you're my your toys guy. with him. Everything, everything. In fact, we're about to talk about him taking care of me. I got a great story we need to talk about. Um, but uh, save me fucking money every month. You're a fool if you don't at least give Zach a call. We'll put a link on. Get a hold of him. He'll take care of you. Because my guy. And he doesn't just. It, I mean, you're you're a broker, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a broker. He will find you the best rate. Don't fuck around. Secondly, <laughs> Fierce Fighting Championship, August 26th, Maverick Center. Um, go get tickets. We'll share the link. Um, should we give some tickets away? Wow, you want to? We'll I'm, get a set of tickets. I'm we'll get some tickets away on the show. Come hang out with the bees. You go li- like the link, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll put something together. Cool. So, And then yeah, you get insurance, we'll and then, you know, then, we'll, yeah. we'll go with the <laughs> 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 Hey, who else the does this for you? <laughs> who else does this for you? September 30th, St. George. I get the day right? Yeah. Crown Fighting Championship. Yeah. Our man, 170 pounds, coming back to fight... Patrick Brand. Patrick? Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your name? It doesn't it matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, uh, let's take a trek to St. George. Dude, thank you for coming on. Thank uh, you, guys. The, the beauty part about you coming on, first and foremost, you're a podcaster, so you're a great fucking interview. Yeah. Secondly, you gave us a little peer behind the MMA world. Um, and uh, it's always good to see you, man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, guys. What's today, your socials? Today, we were like, oh, Zach is coming today, right? He's like, yeah. How do you think it's going to go? And we both went like, well, he's a podcaster. It's going to go just fine. He can talk forever. You know yeah. the struggles, though. You know the struggles. For sure. Yeah, you some... talk about introverts and you've interviewed guys, you're like, come on. Like, so how do you think this fight will go? Good. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Right. Well, tell people where they can find everything about you and your uh, OnlyFans and everything. No, I mean, there's no OnlyFans here, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, just at Ridge79. My last name's Partridge, so my Instagram's just at Ridge79. Um, that's the easiest. Follow us on Fierce Fighting Championship. Um, we have shows every month all over the state. You know, we've had shows from Price now up to Clearfield High School. We got a freaking Clearfield alumni have, right here, boy. We have a freaking sick card brewing in Farmington. We're returning to Ooh. Farmington, Utah in September. Um, and then a uh, little tidbit, we are currently looking at and going up to Park City, Heber area in October. These motherfuckers oh. are growing, dude. So, I'm telling you. Like, it's, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. And then, uh, and then, you know, August 26th, be super excited. Come to the Maverick Center. And then you'll see their uh, pretty sick promo drop for what we got cooking for November back at the Maverick Center to close out the year. Beautiful. Beautiful. You can find me on Angel Severa on Instagram, Angel Severa on Facebook. That's my last name, C-E-R-V-E-R-A. Want to uh, talk about these now that we're leaving, dude? Oh, I didn't even notice those. My concretes? Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, okay. You, hey, you might see these in the office tomorrow. It's just insane. <laughs> now he's an office guy. He's... This guy, you gotta change his shoes. Some <laughs> anyway, you can catch me on the gram. Uh, Hydra Kids Ears, Lord underscore Long Balls. That's he with has a to Z. It. I've got to change it. It's not very professional. <laughs> I did it for the podcast. Now that, because um, I am qualified for a Lord in England, I'm, my bloodline says that. But, See, before you laugh, but, you do your, but, do your research. Oh, I'm, I'm on the TRT, so the balls are not long anymore. So I can't, oh, speaking I can't of, fight for you guys. Speaking, so, of, sure you speaking of, my trainer, he looked at me and he goes, you should get your uh, testosterone checked. I tell Everybody you, dude. should get their testosterone checked. I tell checked. you, dude. I got to check that in, a, in, a, in a therapist. It's I need changed both. my fucking life. And it's not like I'm, I'm well, we won't even tell yeah. Anyway, to next time. Take care Until of yourselves. Time, take care of yourselves. After that, we will see you on the other side of the beehive. Give us a peace. 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 There you go. Thank you, sir. <laughs>